Hey, welcome into the Irish NFL show. Week 15, Monday Night Football. First off, can everybody hear me okay, yeah? Yes. I, I don't know if the audience can hear me. I can hear you. Well, if you can hear me, that's all that matters, Brian. Uh, how are we doing, boys? W- waiting on Mark to come in. Wait, waiting on, on, on Mark. But yeah, good. Uh, ended up being a really interesting kind of suite of games. Even the, the train wrecks. And there are a few of those, so we'll have plenty to discuss on tonight's show. Good day, Brian. Yeah, yeah eight blowouts, um, which we couldn't expect because of the nature of some of the games that were being played yesterday. And then it looked for a long time in the uh, the later slate of games at nine o'clock that they were going to be blowouts, but it was kind of strange in a way. There was comebacks, but nobody from who came back got over the line. Yeah, they managed to just you know the teams were winning by large margins. Just, just got over the line in some games. Well, I want to publicly apologise to you, Brian, because I know the full Monty's on tonight, but we've we had to go live at night. So I didn't uh, know it was on. What channel is it on? It must be on Virgin Media. It's, it's on UTV up here. I, I'm joking. Like I thought, I thought it would be humorous to start the show off, but uh, Great film, Colin, Great film. yeah, it's it's well, it's not a movie, but I don't know what I don't know what that is, but it's all good. Um, Irish NFL show presented by. Uh, trust gaming presented by match big betting exchange uh again thanks to our fantastic sponsors hi luke hi owen owen saying in the kitchen yeah i'm in i'm in the kitchen it's nice and cozy down here i'm close to the <laughs> cattle tonight people are, people are coming into your home now, Michael. they are indeed and i've got you know obviously beside the oven if, if needs be but uh, a, it, a very enjoyable nfl sunday is luke the guy that took the bin man gloves my uh column, is he Thin man gloves. Has it been that long since you've seen a wide receiver catch a ball in, yeah, exactly. in the Giants? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Only fullbacks are catching balls. Like. <laughs> well, week 15, and we can all sit here today and say, collectively, boys, we have as many touchdowns as Kenny Galladay has at the Giants. So we're doing yeah. okay in some, in some way. But uh, before we start, I've got one thing to show you. I've got a video from... Uh, all the Irish Sailor fans after I picked them on Thursday night. No, Mikey, no, no, Mikey. It was so not right. It was so not right, Mikey. Um, yes, obviously. Congratulations <laughs> to Max. I, I, know, I know, I know. Brian's a big Formula One fan. Max Verstappen, hey, boys, his dad is from. No Alpha. idea what that was. His dad's from Belfast. Genuinely, yeah, he's called Hank. Genuinely, have no idea what that was. Hanks for stopping. Hanks for stopping. Anyway, let's let's get into it. Uh, but are we going to start off with the Bucks and the Bills? Yeah. Uh, yeah. If it. if you say uh, if we say Tom Brady's name three times, Mark will appear like Candyman. Rob the genie say Tom Brady's name three times. <laughs> well, um, I I like there's like where where do we even start with Tom Brady? Before we start with Tom Brady, I just want to say that we have no um, affiliation with. Formula One or F1 whatsoever, and any video that was shown there is not of our uh, creed, and it's my fault. So please don't take us up for copyright. Thank you very much. Okay, Bucks Bills. Bucks win it in overtime against the Bills. Bucks column mad first half. Bills really shut a lot. Like I, I was watching halftime. Go ah, here, same old Buffalo, same rubbish. Hold on, there you go, Candyman. Candyman, amazing. Can- because he fixes it with love. He must have been watching, waiting, and then he said, right, I'll pop in now. I, I, 
Just the way it happened, boys. Just the way it happened. What did I miss? What did I miss? You missed the Max Verstappen joke, Mark. His his dad's from Belfast, and he's called Hank. Hank. No, 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 no. I've heard it, Michael. It's a bad joke. Just don't get it. <laughs> I know. I know it is. It's, he showed uh, a video, Mark, of some guy ranting, and I had no idea what he was talking. I know the video was very good, in fairness, and it could definitely be be used on many occasions. And I've I've no doubt that uh, that will be get get further use in the future. It was uh, it was an interesting NFL Sunday, Mark. I, I know we'll get your opinion uh, on numerous factors, even though your team was in a bye in a minute. Uh, Buffalo had scored twenty. 24 points in the first half of 24 free at halftime. Ended up game going to overtime. Uh, great second half for neutral. I, I really enjoyed it. But uh, Colin, what were your takeaways from this game? Were you impressed by Buffalo's fight back? I mean, for me, it was JoJo, too little, too late before Mark brings it in. Uh, well, what, what I would say is that I think it's appropriate that you use that Formula One clip, Michael, because basically the Formula One officials made it up as they went along yesterday. And we saw very similar um, on the pass interference. Uh, it gets called uh, for the box. And for some reason, apparently, you can drag all over Stefan Diggs's jersey in front of the official as he's looking at it. And apparently, that is not pass interference. Don't get me wrong, Mike Evans used all his experience in the world to get that call. I don't have an issue with that. That was naivety on uh, the, the Bills cornerback in allowing uh, him to do that, not looking back. But to not call it on, on Diggs, <laughs> shambolic. Now, I, I don't think that there is this giant conspiracy. I just think it's the case, um, much like in the, in the Premier League or in any other sport, the biggest names get the decisions. It's uh, it's as simple as that. It's it's terrible, but the fact that that um, can happen, um, and and happens repeatedly, and there were so many instances yesterday where you know stuff gets called as rough in the passer, and then you see the exact same play happen. You know, ten plays later, and there's no flag. The the league should sort it out, but given ratings uh, the way they are, they're not going to to sort it out. I actually was impressed by Buffalo, and even though they lost, I thought it was a, a much, much better performance uh, than we have seen from, from them over recent weeks. And what impressed me about it was the fact that Josh Allen was able to put the team on, on his back. And that's what he did, and that's what you want to see. You want to see leadership, and you want to, to see your QB do that when no, nothing else was going right, he was able to turn it around. And that to me was real leadership. Uh, they they have work to do and obviously they got to play the, the Patriots again, but given their running, they should still make the, the playoffs. And um, the worry I suppose is his uh, injury. Um, I think that the talk today was he'll be day to day. So hopefully it's nothing too serious. Uh, the other thing, um, um, Mark mentioned it the other night, um, and we have talked about it in recent weeks because he has already made an appearance, but Leonard Fournette um, has become such a, a weapon already. Uh, Season-high 113 yards uh, yesterday, and uh, he made a, a huge difference to the Bucs. Yeah, Colin was suggesting that they'll, they'll make the playoffs, and in all likelihood, as you said, bear in mind the games have coming up, they probably will, but will, will Josh Allen be there or will he be there with half a leg? Because the way they're going with him at the moment, they're going to get him killed. I mean, 18 runs, 18 plays, you see, where he ran and 
okay, great, 109 yards, fantastic. We'd all love a quarterback to be doing that. But ultimately, it's came down to what we discussed on the show at the weekend. They've no run game. They need to get that sorted at some stage. Yeah, it was a great comeback. I also felt once it was a great comeback, the books in the second half, people said, oh, well, the Bills kind of got a sort of halftime. I thought Brady looked a little bit off in the second half. But a player that was so dominant in the first half, he was, you know, that run in particular, I thought was really good because he just looks, you know, he just doesn't look 45, does he? And uh, the second half, he just looked, he just went back to what we saw kind of in New Orleans. He just looked a bit erratic. Throws were off, didn't seem to get it together at all. And it's one for the bill. Yeah, look, the decision, we don't need to go on with decisions yet because Colin's pretty much, clear, you know, said everything that needs to be said. We said it on our group last night, you know, it was valid. We felt it was passing the friends. They didn't get called. Mark's obviously not agreeing. He's just, he's departed. But um, yeah, it's a big, it's a big win for the books because it, you know it looked like all the momentum at that stage of the game was with the Bills. They've they got it. They got over the line yet. I've got about what thirty five seconds before Mark comes back in. I have great Wi Fi, Marcus. Some some lovely comments. Owen Farrell said that the officials have been yanked all year. Uh, Thank you, one for that. I, I agree with you in some cases. Uh, that was definitely an interesting game yesterday. I think the Bills should have went for it. Uh, and, did, and they should have went to win the game in two points at the end. I to, like I, I don't have the official stats for Tom Brady in the second half, but you're spot on, Brett. Like the the Bucks yesterday in the second half looked like if they played like that every week, I don't know what's gonna happen. But obviously the Bills a fight, but Brady just didn't seem to be didn't seem to be on it in, in the second half, but look, obviously he turns it on. Uh, and I'll say this now before Mark says it. I think I put it in a, a comment saying, Bucks look beat here. And then Brady throws it and wins it within about 30 seconds. But um, obviously, Mark, your your Wi-Fi is almost as good as the Bills at the minute. It works sometimes and then it doesn't the rest of the time. But uh, do, do you think the Bills should have went for it at the end instead of taking it overtime? No, I think they had the momentum. They should have just, they, they did make the right call to go for overtime, to be honest with you. Um, the Bucks looked dead. You did say it, Mike, and it was very funny on the group chat there. It was like you, the curse has struck. The, the Bucks they looked, looked dead. Yeah, like... All of a sudden, the Perryman touchdown goes in. It was, it was beautiful timing. Um, but I mean, yeah, I mean, just to dwell on this, like um, you, you on Saturday were very angsty about the Bills and the direction they were going and kind of calling into question a little bit about Sean McDermott. We think we defended Sean McDermott well, but for the first half, to quote another JoJo song, if Bills fans have been saying, leave, get out right now, you wouldn't have necessarily blamed them for the game they called. Like the first time ever, I think, in NFL history uh, or Bills history that they'd had a first half with no plays by running back, no rushes by running back at all. It was all Josh Allen. There wasn't even anything designed. It was clear intention. And when you're down as badly as you are at halftime, it's clear that your coaching has failed you in that regard. Uh, an amazing comeback. You guys have alluded to it. Brady was badly off form in the second half. I think I called it to Brian on the, our chat um, about two minutes in or three minutes into the second half. And you suddenly go, geez, there's a lot of time in this game. But it was a funny game because it epitomized the number of things we saw yesterday. Blowouts galore. And there were so many comebacks that were almost there. Like you were kind of looking at it with seven minutes ago, we're going, Jesus, this is a two school game, this is a three school game. And the other side almost got back there, um, but not quite. Look, Bills have to be happy how they finished the game, very disappointed how they started the game. And the Bucks live on. And 700, guys, if you didn't get that stat, just 700 touchdowns Tom Brady threw for. Just, just throw it out there. No more to say on that one. 
did he throw 700 last night or did something happen the last the last touchdown was the 700 pass if me and you were to play until we're <laughs> i'm only joking i'm only joking i'm taking the hand sure you could care less he doesn't play for the pitches anymore I, i'm only joking that was really harsh i just i'm just in a you know i'm in a funny mood tonight you know I, i'm almost a christmas and i'm not a christmas i'm nervous this week and you all know why i just need to try and get to friday i want to and that was fantastic for tom Brady hitting the 700 club yesterday and congrats to the box on a win and what you said there about the bills yeah look they can't get over the hump yeah if great last night doesn't matter like that's like being five nil down against man city and scoring four goals oh but sure we scored four no nobody cares you don't get any points let's see if they can go to Foxburn win I don't think they will at the minute but time will tell let's look at the second game here we're going to look at the Browns getting the win over the Ravens numerous factors in this game Colin Lamar Jackson going off injured fantastic I was playing in the fantasy thank god uh third highest rated QB PFF this week Baker Mayfield 80.2 and he didn't even play the whole game what's your thoughts on that on that Browns victory I think none of us picked the Browns no um, no, uh, did, uh, I'm I'm surprised by Baker's rating. I didn't think he had a good game. I, I really didn't. And I I'm like I liked Baker Mayfield up until really this season. And I don't dislike him. I just don't think he's been good. And I I didn't think he was at all good um, yesterday. I mean, they they jumped into a, an early lead, a 17 point lead, but. He um it was the defense that that got the got them over the hump. Um Garrett was just oh, he's a freak, he's brilliant, he's absolutely fantastic. He has 15 sacks, he's broken the franchise record. It, he he is like his record is not good because of the 17 games, it's because he is so ridiculously good. Um, and then Clowney uh, came up. Huntley just had no awareness of where Clowney was, and that just en- ended it there and then. But um, so the Browns, and we talked about it. Their defense can be fantastic. We we said that on on Saturday's show, and, and they can can show up in big moments, which is exactly what you want. Um, and you know, there's a reason Miles Garrett wore that Grim Reaper costume at Halloween because he can uh, wreak havoc. But the definitely their offense still has, has struggles. I didn't think they ran the ball particularly well. Um, but the Ravens have real issues now, and injuries are really beginning to to take their their toll. Um, I, I heard Sam Monson discuss on the PFF podcast earlier today around the injury that um, Jackson picked up. And not that it was necessarily a, a dirty tackle, but it's just interesting in an era where QBs get all the protection in the world, right? If you put a hand on them after a play, that, you know, is roughing the passer. But if you go low at a guy, you know, after the, the play is done, there was no flag on that. That's where the officiating is. Just It makes no sense what, what exactly they're trying to do. Are they really trying to protect quarterbacks? What way are they they going about it? Um, this, you know, the, the Browns are are still alive um, given the the division. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens with Lamar. I see that uh, Harbaugh has said that he expects him to play next Sunday. They need him to to play next Sunday. They need to to jumpstart um, that uh, desperately. Is there any word on that? Out of interest, is, he, is he said he Harbaugh said that he expects Jackson to play. 
But yeah. he's going to say that, I guess. Yeah, just my fault. Yeah. Depending on the Packers, he's going to go with that story all week. It looks like it's a high ankle sprain. There's no way he's going to be playing next weekend. I'd be stunned. But uh, we'll see. Um, where's going to go with this one? Baker Mayfield. Statsman must be looking at paper and not looking at, at the at the game. That interception that he threw was dreadful. Some of the passes he had in the game are dreadful. Right, he threw for 192 touchdowns, but they didn't. They couldn't even run the ball yesterday. Like Chubb and Hunt only combined for total 61 yards in the game. You know the Ravens for all their flaws down 24 to 24 three going into the fourth, and they rallied with a backup quarterback so because they've got a great coach and they they'll battle till the very end. They nearly pulled it off, you know, despite the poor performance. The Browns should be putting that game away, but when you have Baker Mayfield as your quarterback, you won't be putting many games away. Um, it's a good win from I'm still not convinced the Browns will make the playoffs. The Ravens, if they don't get Jackson back, um Huntley will struggle inevitably in the end. And whilst they're top of the division at the moment, you know, I'm not sure if they'll be there come come the end of week seven, then, week eight, then, sorry. Uh yeah, it's it's a funny one in so many ways. I mean, we're talking about Baker and we're talking about the Cleveland Browns offense. And it's like, well, they won. So yeah, but they didn't score a single point in the second half. The only reason the Ravens had the opportunity to come back is because the Browns let them hang around, and that's what Baker does. That's what happened in so many of the near comebacks. We talked about the Bucks-Bills game already. I'm sure we'll get on to the um, uh, other games that were, were similarly poised. I won't give any spoilers out. Um, where if one team doesn't put it away, you're always leaving it around the, the edges for a team to potentially come back. I mean, Garrett scored seven points. So you're talking really about 17 points from that offense in the entire game. It wasn't an amazing output. Did the Browns need to win? Absolutely. Was it a sea change from the last game they played where they were handed their asses by the Baltimore Ravens? Of course it was. Did they deserve the win yesterday? Yeah, they they absolutely did. But um, I just I just love the intrigue of what we're now setting up. We talk about the Bills a minute ago. We're talking about the Browns now. There are five teams in the AFC, all on seven and six, effectively fighting over two wildcard spots because the Chargers are a game ahead. So you kind of count them out, out a little bit, but they're still in the mix. In the NFC, you've got five teams on six and seven effectively fighting for, um, well, one space, I think it is going to be. Uh, I was looking at it before because the Rams are already probably secure. And who else? Well, maybe it's two they're fighting for in that. Oh, no, the 49ers are a game ahead of everyone else. So... The intrigue on all of these games, there's another big one for the Bengals and the Broncos next week. You know, we're going to have all these seven and six, six and seven teams fighting away, and we'll talk about the 49ers Bengals shortly. I mean, that that's the fine margins that occur. And the, bank, the, the Browns can throw that game away. They just about held on, and they are still technically alive. But for me, the Ravens' schedule is the thing now to focus on because they're not a million miles away. They're not guaranteed winning that division. And look at what they've got. Packers. Rams, Bengals, Steelers, and the Steelers obviously they already lost to. They're their last four games of the season. It doesn't get really that much tougher than that. There is every possibility they could go one and three or even 0 oh and four. Uh, and they could, when I talk about all those teams at seven and six hanging around, potentially miss the playoffs altogether. Um, they needed that game. That was probably their easiest game left in the season. So um, Harbaugh needs to bring the troops together, get around yet another bunch of injuries they're suffering with and try to pull out another couple of wins to have their season continue into January. I enjoyed the game as, as, as a neutral, um, talking about the Browns in the second half. I mean, the Bucks are three points. 
But uh, both quarterbacks got it over the line, even though they were poor in the second half yesterday. Uh, Jerry on Clownley, Clownley, Clowney yesterday had three tackles, one and a half sacks, two quarterback hits. But for me, and we haven't really talked about him that much, Tyler Huntley, when he came into that game, 270 yards, one touchdown, 45 rush yards. I mean, he almost got them over the line at one point. It, it'll be interesting to see how he plays against Green Bay on Sunday, if he plays. The combination between Landry and Hooper got the Browns over the line in a game that they they won. They, they just about won. Um, I would struggle to see how the Ravens, if, if Lamar Jackson is out and going by the strength of schedule, I would struggle to see how the Ravens are going to maybe perform in that division, but time will tell. I mean, the Bengals boys are like, you know, one week you're in, one week you're out. Like they're like a, a bookie's dream. Nobody knows what's going on. Do you know what I mean? So I don't know. It's it's one of those things. I, Michael, I, I would I would say just well, Harbaugh's a fantastic coach, which means that no matter who's there or thereabouts, somehow they'll they'll kind of make it work. But Tom Brady threw a touchdown pass for the Bucks to win. Baker Mayfield relied entirely on his defense in that in that second half to to I'm get him to win. So I, I think I'm, that I'm, game. I'm, 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 Ben, when the four games left now, I think if they, were, if they were to get one of three going into the Steelers game, I think two and two will get them in, you know, at least at a wild card. And they might be fortunate that they are playing the Steelers because the Steelers season, I know the Steelers will obviously want to derail their season because they're arriving and winning the division, but you would like to think that, especially I mean, that game in a home in week seven, week 18, I keep saying week 17, sorry, but week 18, that they would have enough to get over the line in that game. You, you can almost make an argument, Brian, does anyone want to win the FC North? Are they all just trying to have a perfectly equilibrium season together? Um, but uh, it's certainly, there's uh, still some twists and turns in that division. For sure. You may you may get a permutation come week 18 where potentially three teams could win the division. You know, 100%. Plays out. Yeah. I think it'll 100%. be that case. I don't I don't trust the Steelers either after, after last week. Um, teams that are seven, it's like, I think nine will get them over the line. Uh, for for a wild card personally, Bengals seven and six. Well, they're seven and six now against the 49ers. who are now seven and six, winning 26 23 in overtime. Uh, Bengals get a field goal in overtime, and then Jimmy G turns it on. Jimmy G column 296 yards, two passing touchdowns. Uh, George Kittle 151 in the day, one touchdown. This 49ers team are really coming into the room, or is it just me? Well, they they had up until last week they had a speed bump. I mean, that's the thing. This the league this year, the team comes into form, team hits speed bump. This is the 49ers team who should be there or thereabouts. They had, you know, they've spent a lot of money, the lot of experience there. We expected big things to them before the the season began. So it's not enormously surprising to see them sit at. Seven and six now after a, a poor start. Kittle is back and Kittle played a fantastic game yesterday. I mean, he was Jimmy G's get out of jail free card essentially. And um, we, yeah, Jimmy G, we saw we saw the good and the bad. Jimmy G made throws. Jimmy G held the ball for for too long at other times and took some some terrible sacks. Um, with the the Forty ers they you know I, I saw a great tweet earlier that said. Um, Debo is running the ball so well, he's going to have to take a pay cut, uh, which I thought was a very good one. Um, for for the, the Bengals, you'd say like the to come back so well in the, the fourth quarter and, you know, ju- just for it to, to fizzle out. Um, 
I mean, I, I look, uh, Jamar Chase was um, was good. He he found a couple of really good double moves uh, to get open. Joe Burrow was good, but the the defense you feel is is their weakness. They have an absolutely huge game against the Broncos next weekend, which um, is really kind of going to be the the season diviner for both of those teams. You feel. And what's interesting is is the fact that you know both teams seven and six record, but the 49ers are two and a half games back, whereas the the Bengals with seven and six sit uh, you know atop um, their uh, are tied for second. Um, so it's it's really the difference in the conferences this year is is somewhat stark, um, but. Come playoff time, we'll uh, we'll see whether uh, any of that really matters. We touched on it earlier in the season, and in particular in our preseason show around whether this Bengals offensive line could stand up and help Burrow, and where we're going to see a scenario, a scenario like last season where he got injured, but he's running for his life at times yesterday. And obviously, one of them in particular was the court was the touchdown throw to Chase. But fairness to Chase, I think he helped him out because he double turned in the end zone, you know, twice to, to get get it, get open. Um, John Mixon, 58 yards yesterday. We've seen the last few weeks. I know he, Mixon scored last week and he, he got better as the game went on. Then he had that fumble, but the Chargers held him in check. And the 49ers, you know, for the majority of the game yesterday, held him up. And it seems to be a big difference if he's not playing. It doesn't free up Burrow, you know, in terms of fake handoffs and all the rest. And he was struggling. He was running around yesterday. And he, but at the same time, he still had a great game. And they came back again, which shows the fight that they, they've got under Zach Taylor this year. But um, like, I agree the 49ers, we touched on them at the start of the season. We felt they were certainly team in consideration for the playoffs and tends to make it a push again because last year was written off through so many injuries and a lot of those players came back. And like Debo Samuel has been the X Factor this season. He's great and Kittle has really come into his own. It's a big win. And even in overtime in the Bengals score, I noticed the rule is like the touchdown and, you know, a field goal doesn't win it. But like nine times out of ten, even a field goal, then the defense tends to stop them. So for them to go down and score a win and touchdown. It was a great one. Get over the hump of last week's defeat against the Seahawks. Um, I think Colm's been a bit almost nice to say Joe Burrow was good. Joe Burrow, for three quarters of the game, with the issues with the offensive line and the run game, was pretty average. However, in the fourth quarter, he was magnificent. Um, there was a throw that Tom Brady made, coming back to Tom Brady, to Mike Evans, which was an unbelievable arm strength throw from a 45-year-old man. Um, but Joe Burrow, well, 44, Joe Burrow proved in that fourth quarter why he is the actual future. Um, the two drives he led, uh, especially the 32-yard chase, I mean, the balls were inch perfect. It was an immaculate display of um, a throw. Look, we knew he was for real before this, but he is seriously for real. And Colin calls out the, the record, seven and six and seven and six, and the difference it means in division. Equally, it's kind of bizarre. For the 49ers, it means they're the sixth seed, and they've got a game's head start over the other the five teams on six and seven, as I alluded to. The Pingles are ninth seed. So, you know, you can have the same record, but the beauty of the different conferences. Look, a couple other quick call-outs. Ah, Bosa yesterday. I mentioned about he was being reunited with his old college teammate. And he would try to meet him on the field. Jesus, it's like the borough owed him some lunch money or something because he harassed and harried him and sacked him a couple of times. It was an immaculate display in pass rushing. Equally, George Kittle, the ladder he climbed up for the catch just before the end of regulation was magnificent. I mean, Robbie Gould not kicking that 
let down George Kittle more than anything because that catch was something superb. And I will say the final play, it wasn't Jimmy G. It was Brendan Ayuk. When you're talking about, you know, an effort play from your yeah, second, third receiver, not really your main threat in relation to it. Um, fantastic white tightrope walking to to clinch the deal and seal it. So, you know, that's what you want to see. That's the commitment you want to see. Really, really, really good, entertaining game. Great comeback. Nearly got there. Great to see a bit of overtime. And great to see both teams scoring in overtime as well. Like, kind of like, you know, we'll get the ball. We'll go down. Okay, we haven't got a field goal, but up to you now. And the 49ers rose to the challenge. When I got got drafted, the 49ers fans were all very excited about him. And at the start of his career, he looked really, really good. And you, you thought he said, I prepare that will, you know, set the world alight. And then he kind of got a few injuries. And then obviously with Debo Samuel stepping up, he's kind of got into the background. So we could see him yesterday being the one who got the match with yeah, but I mean, who's the number one receiver for the 49ers? It's George Kittle. It's not even Saturday, Debo. Yeah. Well, if you're playing the uh, Irish NFL show drinking game, Mark did mention Tom Brady out of contact, so you can down your drink now. Um, <laughs> that catch, though, from Kittle, uh, was that in overtime? It was, Jesus. Yeah, wow, that that was like, last play before regular. No, like, so there, there, was one, there was one towards the end. Like, he yes. jumped up like a horse. Um, then I agree with Sam Mark on uh, the fourth quarter. Joe Burrow was 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 a man onto himself. That drive that resulted in the touchdown from Jamar Chase. I think it was a fourth down play, and everyone in the crowd was turning against him, and he just turned it on. Uh, this is what annoys me at the Bengals because they've got the talent. Like yesterday, they couldn't get a going on the run. They only had the collection like seventy yards between Joe Mixon and the other guy, compromised per nine or something like that. But the, the real interest in me from now isn't just yesterday because it's a game that they lost in overtime. They could have won the game. But, you know, playing the Broncos, playing the Ravens, playing the Chiefs, playing the Browns to end that season. I mean, they should be trying to get nine wins there. They should be. Uh, and they should be looking at, for example, playing the Chiefs at home. They should be trying to get something out of that game. They should because if that's their aspirations. They should be, like If that's the game at home, they should be trying to do it. The jungle should try and do it. Uh, but they're impressive, but they're disappointing because I, I want them to get over the line. they got such good talent on the offense. Tyler Boyd had a, had a good game yesterday as well. But uh, it wasn't to be 49ers creeping up. And as you said, boys, number six seed. Well, they've lost two in a row now, and they're going to Mile High. This week. It's, in, it's in Denver this weekend, isn't it? I mean, they yeah. already talked, you know, a few weeks ago, these two, both teams will be seven and six. You know, it looked like... Both seasons were going in different directions, and here they are now playing against each other. And, you know, an AFC game where one of them is in a walkway eight and six. It's it's going to be a huge game for both teams. Or seven, six, and one. Let, let, let's not jinx it already. I'm, I'm joking. Yeah, it, it should be it should be an interesting game. Let's go on to the main topic of the day, boys. Uh, Brian, how about them Cowboys? Column, how about Dak Prescott? Mark, how about Mika Parsons? How about the audacity to take their own seats to Washington. Uh, Dallas nearly shot the bed, boys, yesterday, but they still win. Uh, that defense column, woof, woof, woof. Should have said woof, woof for the Browns. Um, yeah, the, look, the the defense um, was phenomenal. Um, we'll, we'll get to that. I, look, I criticized the, the Cowboys on Saturday night. I criticized Mike McCarthy for guaranteeing a win. I still think that was a very silly thing to do. But in fairness, in terms of bringing in their own benches initially, I saw that yesterday. I was like, 
what is this? This is another. And then you read about why they did that. And we all know, or maybe viewers don't, but check out the sewage shower that some fans had to experience because Dan Snyder is such a cheapskate um, and the league continued to cover for him. Uh, the reason they brought their own benches in was because they talked to the Seahawks um, who said that um, the Washington football team deliberately left the heated benches uh, without power when they played there a few weeks ago. So players were freezing on the sidelines. So Jerry wasn't going to allow that to, to happen. And um, the, yeah, look, the, this game was all about the, the Cowboys defense, essentially. And it was all about Mike Parsons. That he is sensational. I mean, he is two and a half sacks off of the rookie record, um, which was uh, Javon Curse for the Titans back in 99, uh, who had such a good season that they, he was no, he was called the freak. Um, and here's Micah Parsons, who's not even supposed to be an edge rusher, and he has 12 sacks already. And not, not even just that, he's been, he's played, yes, it's not like he's played edge rusher for the entirety of the season. Um, he's just, been fantastic he really does have to be in the conversation for defensive player of the year uh tj watt will be up there um miles garrett will be up there uh jc jackson potentially even up there mark um but you would have to say michael parsons deserves to be in that conversation um there's still plenty of football to be played so let's see but with parsons with um playing as well as he is throughout the season, with Randy Gregory and Demarcus Lawrence now back, if that trio stay healthy, I mean, they can absolutely blow up a game. And can can the Cowboys find their mojo on offense? That's what's going to decide how far they go on the in in the playoffs. But nobody is going to like facing that um, that Dallas defense, particularly um, the pass rush they can bring at you. Yeah, that was the one I was going to more so focus on the, the lack of offense to a certain extent. They only moved the ball, you know, throughout the game. They were settling on field goals, and Dak was sacked four times and he threw two interceptions. That one in the fourth quarter was really poor. It allowed them to come back, which in a game which was 24 nil at halftime, 27 8 at the end of the third quarter, that game should have been put away early, but they just couldn't seem to move the ball. Elliott looks injured. Pollard not playing up the huge loss because he's such an explosive player. He kind of carrying on where he left off towards the back end of last season and to be honest i think he's kind of stepping up to be the number one ahead of elliot and it just doesn't seem to be the player that he was and they started off well they were moving the ball and then it just seemed to go away and as columns alluded to that cowboys defense you know essentially won that game for them yesterday and um, washington rallied because they're again we touched on it with harbour they've got a good coach and they'll always fight to the end in particular a divisional game but cowboys had more than enough in that game yeah but i mean you guys are alluding to it. Like, what did they get in the second half? Three points. I mean, Dak Prescott played just as badly as Tom Brady did in the Bucks game um, in, in relation to the second half performance. So, oh, um, so that wasn't exactly the performance the Cowboys fans wanted to see. Um, but the line was exactly what they wanted to see. We alluded to on Saturday, Neville Gallimore coming back into the side for his season debut. What do you do? He got a sack. Uh, at a critical juncture. Demarcus Lawrence got a sack. Randy Gregory closed out the game with the strip fumble, um, uh, the strip sack on on, on Allen. Um, and of course, the, the wonderful, great Mike Parsons, who I fully agree with, Colin, deserves absolutely to be in the 
Defensive Player of the Year conversation. I think Garrett will get it, to be honest, but Parsons definitely deserves to be up there. Um, some other things to just call out. I mean, the Cole Homecom interception, yes, Dak Prescott cannot make that mistake and that critical juncture in the game. Um, that was almost sacrilegious in what he did. And yes, Washington, it's hard coming out of a 24-zip hole at halftime. But one of the plays that nearly got them there, which even got acknowledged by the Cowboys, um, Sims catch, the 40-odd yarder, where he just managed to go over the top of Trayvon Diggs and get it down. When they confirmed it on replay, I uh, don't know if you guys saw this, but Trayvon Diggs went over to Sims, dabbed him up as if to say, yeah, that was a hell of a play, man. And yeah, you know, you know, that, it, he liked to Nice see little uh, fist bump there, you know. Just yeah, fist, fist, bump, yeah. fist bump. Dabbing him up. Was that what they did say? Guys. I don't know. I, I'll ask them tomorrow. Um, Irish Cowboys saying, looking forward to Cowboys Giants on Sunday, Brian, even as bad as Dak was. I agree with what you're saying, Brian. Uh, I think they really miss Pollard. I mean, Ezekiel Elliott was under 50 yards yesterday. There wasn't much feeding time at the zoo yesterday. He must have been eating the whole way up to the plus. Like, a Jesus wep. Um, yeah, he's saving for here. next Sunday. He'll be fine. Uh, he'll, be, he'll be gone next Sunday. But look, sure, at the end of the day, the Cowboys go 9-4. That defense, I, I'm saying it here on the 13th of the set, that defense is starting to remind me of a certain defense. I'll talk about that maybe before the Giants game. They look but in the hands, like, this defense, this defense has been hosed over a few over the last month as well. Like, let's not be making hey, it. I know, but they were they were top of banana yesterday. I mean, I'm, I won't talk about that. Prescott wasn't great yesterday. He wasn't great well, yesterday, and, and that fourth quarter was was atrocious. Like, I don't know what happened there on, on, the, on the offensive side of the ball. But I find as well in the second half, like not getting guys like Dalton Schultz involved as well. I don't know what McCarthy was at, but they get over the line. And now we all have to talk about the Chiefs and the fact that how many points did I, I stopped watching? Was it 48, 50? Or I think it was 48, 48, Michael. Did the Raiders decided to play this this new game where they they take the exact defense that gave up forty one points a couple of weeks yeah, ago and exactly, say, Do you yeah. know what? Let's try that again, exactly the same. Let's not change anything. And oh, lo and behold, what happens? Well, let's let's look into it now. So basically, lads, like Chiefs done really well yesterday, forty eight to eight. I want to say eight. Forty eight to nine against the Las Vegas Raiders. Let's start in the Raiders very quickly, Colin. Uh, Hunter Renfro was the leader there. He's 117 yards, one touchdown, nine yards average. Patrick Mahomes, 48 points, um, two passing touchdowns, 258 yards. They relied mostly on the rushing game, as you would expect. Edwards, Hilaire, and Gore. Uh, some nice plays by the Chiefs. Their biggest win in a long time, Colin. And uh, a much needed win to take them to nine and four and have a bit of a gap in the AFC West, albeit the Chargers. Uh, and the Broncos, 7-6, and six, have to play all these teams over the next few weeks. Well, much needed. They're on some run, Michael. They have held their last three teams. Much needed offensive performance. Yeah. They, they've last three teams they've played to nine points. Nine points that the last three uh, teams have um, put, put on that defense. And um, Patrick Mahomes, 20 of 24. They've put 89 points on the Raiders um, this year. And look, they, to me, um, it was, look, there's no other way. It was a circus for the Raiders yesterday. It was a circus. And where we hear a lot about Derek Carr. 
And there are people in who in Broncos media who tell you, oh, Derek Carr, great, get Derek Carr in next year, he'll sort it out. Where was Derek Carr's leadership yesterday when that team went on to the logo? And he's this isn't a rookie QB. This guy's been around the league forever. And he allows that. I mean, as soon as that happened, everyone, Twitter exploded going, they're going to get annihilated. And, oh, they did. I mean, they got beaten up. They were, it was embarrassing. There's no other way to put it. It's not even a game. A game requires two teams. The Raiders weren't in that yesterday. That was just a shambles. They, and they, and to, to top it all off, um, let, let's, I, I like to take you back. Take you back to when they did win at Arrowhead and they did a victory lap in the bus. So the Chiefs played the wheels on the bus go round and round um, as the Raiders left the, the field yesterday. I, I, like, why would you? Why would you allow extra motivation? In the same way that I criticize McCarthy for guaranteeing a win, it it makes no sense to me that you would go and do that. Like, players are fired up enough already. We talk about the parity in the league. What the Raiders were thinking, and why nobody in the franchise said, "Don't do that, lads. Leave well enough alone. We're already at Arrowhead. We're already going against that this defense." That made no sense to me. Um, the Raiders never learn. I, we talked about it in the show on, on Saturday. We talked about the way in which you slow down this Kansas City um, offense is you play the two the two high shell. You make Mahomes take the underneath stuff. They didn't do that. They they went and they did the exact same thing that they did in the first game, and they got an even bigger beating. The reason why I haven't caught him, I'd suggest, is because they don't have a head coach at the moment. They have an interim coach who has... You know, it looks like he has very little sway in what's going on there. And um, yeah, when I saw that on social yesterday, I knew the game was over. But it was over after the first play because they fumbled on the first play of the game, which was returned for for a touchdown. Um, you're right about Carr. I mean, you know, to being like, like you said last week, you know, and not necessarily for this game, but when he's expected to put up, you know, a dominant performance, he doesn't he doesn't show up. And he was picked off five times yesterday by that Chiefs defense, which is only getting better and better. Um, Mahomes threw two touchdowns for the first time in a month, so. He did look, whilst the Raiders were deplorable yesterday, I did feel that Mahomes looked like he was getting back to himself. Not what at the level we're used to seeing, but it looked like it was the kind of game that would only help him in the long run as the season progresses. But yeah, the Raiders are, it's a shambles at the moment. It's, it's not going to get any better anytime soon. Yeah, I mean, Nima Cherry and Yusun Dor are the famous song called Seven Seconds. And, you know, whilst that's long enough time for San Marino to score a goal against England, uh, the the Chiefs actually needed a whole 17 seconds to get that first play fumble return for a touchdown, and and that was it. The game ended up being over from there. They never looked like they turned up. They never looked like they arrived. Brian just alluded to five total turnovers by the Raiders' offense. Um, it was abysmal. And to be fair, the Chiefs' offense didn't have to do too much with that type of an all-encompassing and all suffocating defensive performance. But they did look like they were getting back in sync a little bit more. And winning breeds, you know, success breeds success. Like winning breeds more winning. They're now on a five-game win streak or is it a six-game win streak? They're, they're building up momentum nicely. And that's what you're looking for at this time of the season. Our team's getting better as the season goes on. Are they getting better after Thanksgiving? And the Chiefs, I mean, they couldn't have got much worse the way they started the season. Uh, but you'd have to say the case is undoubtedly yes. And let's be clear, it's not just getting space in the division. That number one seed in the AFC is very much within their target. 
Sorry, it's one final point. It's not necessarily related to the game. When I saw the Raiders situation yesterday with you know dancing on the crest or whatever you want to call it, it reminded me of last year when when Juju Schuster on his own in fairness was dancing on the Bengals crest. And the, the night in which we did that show, the Bengals hadn't beat the Steelers in eleven games. And what happens? Extra motivation, the Bengals win the game. You know, when nobody expected it at the time. These type of things, just don't do it. Just you know, go in, play your game. If you win, you walk out with the with the win. And you don't need to be doing those type of yeah, I, I will say, like, the, the, the it's definitely helped the Chiefs that the Raiders have just refused to to acknowledge the way in which you slow them down. So, there, yeah, there, there might well still be questions, and we'll have to see how they do over the last four games. It will be interesting to see how Staley approaches that game. Um, you imagine that he will, um, you know, given that he came through the, the Vic Fangio system, that he will go kind of with the two high. The worry for the, the charges is that the, the stop at the, the run. But um, the... For the Chiefs, I suppose the the run in will will be interesting to see what what they can can do, and particularly I suppose coming to to mile high in that last game because that that first um, you know overall could be uh, in play for for them at, at that point. But I just again like it is just just a shambles that the the blueprint is there. You tried going against it in the first game, which was just a few weeks ago. It didn't work, and you thought, I know, let's do the exact same thing, but let's do it away from home and let's give them extra motivation. Yeah, and this is this is this is a, a Raiders team that beat the beat the Cowboys in, in Thanksgiving uh, in Dallas, and quite frankly, everyone was watching. I, I certainly remember that night, boys. Uh, this wasn't that long ago. The the point I meant there now was it, it was their highest scoring performance in two months. And it's coming at the right time and Mark's spot on what, what he's saying. They're coming into the right form. If they play like that over the next four weeks, they'll be the outright leader in the AFC with without a bother. Um but you would have to wonder will the Chargers column obviously play better than the Raiders on Thursday? I'd like to think that as a neutral, taking hats off you, you'd like to think they would. But um that's what they need. I mean, like you're talking, I don't think any receiver for the Chiefs in a 48-point victory yesterday got anywhere over uh, 75, 76 yards. I think that shows you the manner of the result. They were fantastic on the run, fair play to them, and they they worked effectively, and they got what they needed to do, and, and they won the game, and the game was over, as Brian said, after the first 15 seconds. So uh, congratulations to the Chiefs. Chiefs Chargers Thursday night. We've got a really good Thursday night football game coming up as well. Uh, show, sorry, as well. With a few guests, I think 9 o'clock or so on Thursday, and Mark, I know you have a point to make. Well, it's just, I mean, I don't want to preface um, the TNF club too much, but like at the same token, that is a massive Thursday night game. Because if the Chargers win, they've got the tiebreaker locked and loaded against the Chiefs because they've already won their first matchup. So they will vault from the wildcard spots to the top of the AFC West into a home field advantage slot um, for the, uh, the, the playoffs. So you don't want to be playing the Chiefs on a six-game winning streak to be grant to granted. But the Chargers, as inconsistent and maddening they've been the last few weeks they are still in a prime position to take control of that division if they get the right result you know you've got to beat the teams when it really counts they've got to beat the chiefs on that game so it's a big big game because the chiefs could still tumble into the wild cards 
And just one final point. When, um, and I'll do it for Mark because uh, I'll talk about the, the Patriots. When the Patriots pl um, played the Bucks earlier this year and there was the whole big Tom Brady build-up, what did Bill Belichick spend the week doing? Did he spend the week trying to antagonize Tom Brady? No, he spent it going out of his way to be nice to Brady. When Ronaldo came back, to play United with Real Madrid. Fergie went out of his way to be nice. You do not look to antagonize the opposition before the game has started. Yeah, absolutely. You want to, you want to do it while the game is on? Fine. But do not give extra ammunition. Just uh, just a shambles. And it, it, is it Davis? Like, why do the Raiders keep doing this year after year? Does it come from the very top? Will things ever change for them? Well, I certainly think okay, he's, not running, he's not running the organization the way his, his late father would want, anyway. Okay, I think we've done enough on this game. Well, we haven't. I've got one final thing to say. Uh, you were talking about dancing on the uh, on the crest. We, we've got a bit of breaking news from us, and we're, and we're really excited to announce. Uh, just obviously, this show has been from strength to strength and over the last year, and uh, it's just great to have this finally happen. I didn't think it was going to go on for so long. Brian, you're like, I, I don't know, I just was sitting there. I couldn't be bored listening to the Chiefs for five minutes, so I've done that instead. Uh, Dance with the Stars, Brian, yeah? You, are you going to be off the show during the playoffs then? Yeah, or what's, what's the crack? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm joining that. Yeah. I'd probably more chance of being on it than watching it. That's probably like that. Well, it starts with the, 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 uh, the, the UK or the Republic of Ireland? The Irish one. Is there, is there, oh, there is an Irish one. Yeah, it's, it's it's the Irish one, Brian. Sure, nobody's a celebrity on that anyway, so you're feeling yeah, well. Yeah, so have a half a chance. Yeah. Hold hold on, I've actually been yeah. scarring the celebrities going on it. Going, do they follow any NFL accounts? Can we get them on for the crack? Ronan Keaton's daughter is on it. She does not follow any NFL accounts. We'll come back to that in a bit. The next game we're going to talk about is the Titans against the Jaguars. Now this is going to turn into a whole conversation. Let's just focus on the game because there's no point in us sitting talking to Urban. Urban couldn't understand me. Let's just. Let's see the crack here. Titans, uh, I haven't got the score on me, right, Colin? The Titans, they didn't score that many points. 20? No, the, the, the Titans did, didn't um, They didn't play particularly well, um, but they at least looked like they wanted to be on the field. That That's a big help. Um, I mean, to, to me, <laughs> if to me, this game essentially, look, I've talked I've talked enough about the Texans and the shambles that that the franchise is but at least the team is playing for Cully and for all of the issues with the Lions the team is playing for Dan Campbell this team is not playing for Urban Meyer they you know they, uh, so some individuals apart they had no interest in being there yesterday um urban had no interest in being there yesterday the the handshake with Vrabel who who he worked with uh you know and then the the comments afterwards are not that addressing any uh, of the issues that came out in the story or saying none of that is true he goes at the the person uh, who leaked and says that they will be fired so just you know we if the the raiders have uh, enormous issues the i i called the jags an unmitigated disaster last night and i believe that that is the the case 
I know that you rarely, if any uh, time, get a bounce. You very, very rarely get a bounce in the NFL um, or from getting rid of a head coach. But I just don't see the, the point. I think they will absolutely regret not taking the opportunity to fire him for gross misconduct when they did because it's going to cost Can millions because he's going to have to get rid of him because he has uh, he has absolutely lost that dressing room. He can always go to the AEW, Brian, if he doesn't get it. How this game ended up in, in our list instead of being in the any other business section is 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 news to me. It was there was nothing in this game. Um, you, look, the Urban Morris situation. We were in London, right, and we saw Trevor Lawrence win that game. You know, and I know he, look, he won on the field goal, but we saw as that game progressed how how good he looked as, as a quarterback. And leading into the draft last year, when we did all the draft analysis on the live show, we were raving about him, and he's going to be a generational quarterback. But right now, he doesn't look like anything like that. And I know it's his first year in the league, but there is other quarterbacks, i.e. the guy down in Foxbury, having a really efficient season. And you wonder which one is the 15th pick as opposed to which one is the first pick. The sooner he's gone, as in the coach, the better for, for Lawrence, because hopefully we'll see a new head coach come in and start to kind of give show him the love he needs in a, as a quarterback in his first year in the league and obviously moving into a second year, we see the talent that we all deserve to be watching every Sunday because right now we're seeing nothing. He had four, four deceptions yesterday and it doesn't look like the head coach is doing anything to help the guy. Urban uh, Meyer wants to dominate boys and let have them fear he can't lead men. It's as simple as that. Um, the, the, the ridiculousness of, hey, there's no story here. I don't know what they're talking about. They're all lying. But if I catch those sources, I'm going to fire them. Kind of is a bit of a mixed message there, Robin. It kind of suggests that, well, something was said. Otherwise, why would there be sources? And we've had Tom Palisaro on the show, really great journalist. He also hasn't says a source. Everything has been sources, plural. And that's telling in itself. He's not just hearing this from one person. He's hearing this from multiple people in relation to it. Um, the other one that Pat, uh, the Pat McAfee show highlighted um, yesterday, uh, sorry, this morning as well, was a great one. Maya was asked about, you know, Cisco, and we're asking again, why isn't he not increasing his snaps? And he said, oh, look, I don't have it in front of me, but yeah, yeah, he's getting, he's getting more snaps. He's getting more snaps. He snap, played in zero snaps yesterday. He doesn't even know who's playing for his team. But I mean, look, we could talk and moan all about them all the top of the way through. We could move on, if you like, to another great franchising game between the Falcons and the Panthers. Um, you know, again, what, what else do we want to say about these games? We, we said even beforehand, this isn't the most appetizing game of all time, but at least, Michael, there was yeah, a little yeah. bit of uh, WWE what? reflected. What? There's like, I mean, were these exciting games? No. Were they good quality games? No. But are there intriguing storylines? I mean, essentially, this game, right? We had talked to Benjamin Albright in the off season about, like, kind of tongue in cheek, saying, "Oh, imagine if Bill Belichick was to use Cam Newton and Matt Jones in a two QB system." Ha 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 ha! Matt Rule went and did it yesterday. Like and, and, and has said he's going to continue with it. Uh, but Sam Darnold might come back. So are we going to see the tr a three QB system? Is is that what they're planning on, on doing? And that's why you got to talk about this because Rule appears to be like just not knowing what is going on. He the, the OC is gone, so he can't blame him anymore. So he tries a, a QB that in, in Cam Newton brings him back in. Every game Cam has actually started, they've lost. 
they're also paying Cam four and a half million guaranteed. They're paying they're paying Sam Darnold four and a half million guaranteed this year, picked up a fifth year option, and they're paying Teddy Bridgewater a fortune to play for the Broncos. That's why this game has to go on because this is you know they were going against a Falcons team who. I like a lot of what the Falcons do on offense. The Falcons de- have a lot of work you feel to do on defense. But yesterday, this Falcons defense was fantastic. I mean, Newton, and again, Matt Rule got rid of the OC allegedly because he wanted to, to run uh, the ball more. Newton was the top rusher yesterday, 47 yards against a Falcons side. I mean, it's this is the point where you get to this point of the year and and you really begin to to see, you know, again, even if, again, teams are losing, like the the Lions, right? The Lions had a bad loss to to the Broncos. But you can see Campbell is making progress. You can see what he's at least trying to do. He's suffering desperately because just the roster isn't good enough and they had so many players out. But there seems to be some sort of plan there. Matt Rule is just like throw it against the wall, see if it sticks, and like talk about. I, I call the QB hokey gokey because it was in out in out and shake it all about yesterday. Um, there's no need to panic on Matt Rule. Colin. He's on a seven-year contract, you know. So like happy days for him if he finds his way out the door like the offensive coordinator did. He'd be well looked after and remunerated. But um, no, he won't be going anywhere. But Look, it's clear and evident they have a quarterback situation that they need to resolve in the offseason. I'm not sure how they're going to because they've tied into Sam Darnold on the fifth-year option as well. And I'd argue that Sam Darnold probably would be more efficient playing for a quarterback at the moment because Cam has clearly fallen off the cliff, in my opinion. He's not the guy of all. And if he's not running the ball, he's not doing very much else. And yeah, PJ Walker, who was formerly in the XFL, disaster. It probably suited him as well because being a quarterback in and out, they couldn't function in terms of getting you know anything going properly and played into the Falcons and Matt Ryan is like for all the stick Matt Ryan got over recently in terms of poor performances the Patriots game you know he's he's rebounded reasonably well and I felt the Falcons would find a way to win and they did well look I mean Cam should talk to Jerry Jones because Jerry insists upon bringing the bench maybe Cam should bring the bench to away games because he's going to spend an awful lot of time on the bench uh the way he's going but um, I tell you, someone who doesn't have to bring the bench necessarily because he seems to own this team, uh, Aaron Rodgers, the Green Bay Packers, 45-30 over the Chicago Bears. I must admit, guys, I, w- I watched the first quarter and I had to go to bed and I was like, 3-0 to the Bears? All right, they're still going to lose, but fair enough. If you'd even stayed up till six minutes into the second, uh, six minutes left in the second quarter, you'd go, geez, the Bears are 10-0 up. This is, you know, could be a tight game. Within the last six minutes of the second quarter, 38 points was scored, 27-21, it was a halftime. It was one of the most bizarre games going. It really never felt like the Packers were at risk, to be truly honest. Um, and, of course, in the second half, the Bears' offense resolved into normality again. But two things if you're a Packers fan, which I know, yet again, they're on course for another 13-4, 14-3 type season. Matt LaFleur, Aaron Rodgers, great combined act. Their thoughts are already on January and what can occur, what might go wrong, what could let them down. I tell you, watching that game, their offensive line, they are literally on their last thread in terms of healthy people. Elton Jenkins on IR, yes, Bakhtiari might come back, but that's no guarantee yet. One more injury and it could send them into the wrong death spiral. 
and my dear God, special teams. That was an appalling display um, last night. That was probably the worst special teams play we've seen from any of the 32 teams in, a, in an American football game this season. So I think I was to give the floor to Colm and this Colm is a you know he likes to scrutinize special teams in Denver so it might be yeah uh, the right time well I, I I also think the sure. Bengals might want to uh you know enter the conversation at this point because uh their special teams last night but um yeah no I I can point to uh all sorts of stuff for uh, Tom McMahon special team teams units for for me in terms of AOB um sorry brian but it's justin herbert uh, like we he he just on, every week he he comes up yesterday the camera guy is like oh i i've lost track of the ball i think it's going this is where most tvs are. oh actually no it's in the end zone he he's on he's just phenomenal um he he's brilliant he's brilliant to watch he's it's it, we are very fortunate that he you know he's in the league and we get to watch him um week in week out because even as a divisional rival you cannot but uh admire him the the way in which he reads the game um dissects uh defenses but that throw yesterday was just brilliant i i love staying sorry by the way no, it's fine. Go on ahead. Go ahead. Now, I love Stink. You know, he played in the offensive line because he was doing the commentary in the game. And he says, "Of course, he's going to throw a ball like that when two offensive line guys are uh, being 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 rolled over by Chargers guys and no flags being should have been." Oh, sorry, they're offensive line guys. Where they um, should have been done for holding. But um, anyway, sorry, I was just going to say the Chicago Bears last night reminded me of a team going to Old Trafford in, the, in an FA Cup third round. They're playing for their lives. Um, delighted though because I could watch it this morning and you know fast forward through every down I fast forwarded through the whole fourth quarter thank you Chicago and uh, they put a decent enough effort up the first half uh, but don't ever do that there don't ever do that there against our I mean they, you literally started them off at that point like in, in that point and <laughs> uh, my my AOB is going to be the Broncos beating the Lions obviously the whole thing sent around the game was with DT Demarius Thomas I have to say you boys um Made some great comments, great analysis on his life and career the overnight. Fair play to all these. It was really good to watch back. And it was emotional to watch yesterday. I think the final drive was 88 yards. But uh, good with the Broncos going 7-6. and six. And who knows what's going to happen. I, I can't call the season anymore. I'm just glad I got nine picks right this week. And I'm going to collectively now stay quiet until I probably make the wrong pick for tonight. Um. I don't really have anything particular on AOB. I was going to have a bit of a rant about the Giants, but I think at this stage, they're sticking this to me. Uh, Joe Judge coming out with absolute nonsense, you know, after the game again. And uh, progress. I don't know what progress he's, he's watching because no one else can seem to see it. And uh, as Colin touched on today, it's the type of stuff you used to hear from Vance Joseph. And whilst Dan Cameron is saying we're making progress, you, you could argue he is with, you know, a lesser panel of players than this Giants team are supposed to have. But anyway. Not long now, too. You watch the game live, though. Like, I mean, for, for, from what you see with Justin Herbert, how, how impressed were you for, for him? Like, he, he looked unbelievable yesterday. I think the Giants' defense um, played reasonably well early on against them. They held them up and they made him punt a couple of times early. But um, the killer was the second quarter because the Giants got the ball at their 45, couldn't do anything with it. And then the following drive with 17 seconds to go in the half, you're allowing a touchdown. Whatever about how poor the Giants are. Any team in the league that's given up a touchdown with 17 seconds ago. In that manner, what it was a great throw. I mean, 
you, you, you know at that stage that you know you know it, inevitably they're gonna have a go down the field because they're already in field goal range give or take so but yeah look he's we all know he's a great player it just it's the charges team they're up and down Eckner Eckler got a, a look like a pretty bad injury now they're saying he's day to day I think the fact that the game is on tours I guess Chiefs could probably leave him not playing in the game and that's a that'd be a huge loss for them because he a lot of it goes through him and allows Herbert to do what he does because teams double up on Eckler at times yeah and just to wrap up guys on the AOB um I'm contractually obliged to mention that the Saints and the Jets had a football game oh, yeah. yesterday um which the Saints behind 120 yards for Kamara and some nice run in the very end by Taysom Hill that helped some of these fantasy teams um you know comfortably walked I don't think it came as a surprise I think they were a full house but the one that I did want to mention Michael when you alluded to the Broncos game is to me it's always um it's always interesting when there's a good acknowledgement of some of these life as a sportsman I remember the late uh, Anthony Foley passing in rugby and obviously Ireland lined up for that famous win in Chicago against the All Blacks lined up in number eight and New Zealand Maori presented a jersey uh, before they provide the hack when they played at Toman Park. And yesterday, when the Broncos started the game by lining up intentionally with 10 men, uh, with uh, Sutton, I think, on the sideline, and then Dan Campbell, uh, former player himself, obviously in the line time the class to reject, uh, declined the penalty. Uh, it was just a lovely start. And then you see Justin Simmons with an amazing inception goes straight over to the 88 decal and, and puts it down. I mean, I thought they were lovely touches, especially at the start of the game. So, yeah, well, I think it was a good way to acknowledge him. Yeah, no, I could. I mean, look, kudos to, to Dan Campbell and the, and the Lions for that. I think that's the sort of stuff that sets, you know, that's the reason players buy into Dan Campbell and, and get it because he understands them and he under, he understands the, the game. And that was a, a really, really nice uh, touch. I think it was Patrick Smythe um, who sold the, the idea to, to Vic Fangio. Um, and it was a, a really nice way to, to start it. Like doing well on his challenges and timeouts as well for a different talk for a different day nice commentary on axel i think it's five years now it's hard to believe um time for picks see we no okay hold on let me get this whole thing ready i have it all here you know you're just trying to set things up boys and people probably listening are going what's going on christmas big game big game tonight you know this is going to go a long way yeah Mark wants to jump on board at the, uh, the <laughs> no, look, it is a big game. It's good. There's a lot of teams watching this tonight, you know, very interesting to see how it goes because we, um, it'll decide who gets the number one pick. It could go a long way between the Cardinals and the Packers and potentially the Bucks as well. Just before we do this, uh, just very quickly, uh, matchbook, 15 pound, 15 year welcome offer. Irish NFL show is the code. Mark, you have to run. Do you want to do your pick first? I thought you'd never ask, Michael. Unfortunately, I do have to jump, and um, God knows this is a tough game to pick. Um, the Rams have not ah, been on a great run. No, the Rams have not been on a great run the last while, but they are still a extremely talented team. They still obviously have the capability of beating anyone on their day, and if anyone can chase down Kyler Murray, isn't it just great to watch Aaron Donald and maybe Bill of Von Miller if he's settling in better to be chasing him around the field? Um, Look, the Cards have the best record in the NFL, and I don't think it's by much, and I don't think it's going to be it's going to be a very hard fall game. But my bet is on them to continue to extend that NFL best record, go to eleven and two, effectively shore up their division, and keep their priority for the number one seat. Because remember, if they lose, 
they go to the second seed because Green Bay have the tiebreaker. So it is incumbent on them to keep the pedal to the metal for the final four weeks of the season, five weeks of the season, five games of the season for them. Um, so that's my pick. I'm otherwise going to love yous and leave yous. So uh, Marion Boker Latza, and I'll see you on the TNF club in a couple of days, boys. And Mark, Mark, just very quickly, people can contact you for your agency work with Brian on Dancing with the Stars, yeah? Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm his agent. I'll be handling all media queries and all uh, requests for sponsorship and promotion. So. He's been doing that for years already. He's well used to that. See you on Thursday night, Mark. Keep her lit. Keep her lit. Slon, go foil. Uh, all right, Mark picking the card. He picked the Cardinals, didn't he? Yeah. yeah I'm not making that graphic yeah. again. Thank God. Uh, Colin, who have you got? I do I agree with Mark that I, I think this will be an interesting game. But unfortunately, a couple of hours ago, it got less interesting because Jalen Ramsey and Tyler Higby both went on the COVID list. And losing Ramsey in this sort of game is a huge loss. I mean, Ramsey is one of the outstanding cornerbacks in the game. And Higby has been an important part of the, the offense. So... I, I really want to, to see what the cards can do. And in fairness, we, you know, um, I was talking about Vance Joseph to Brian today and his head coaching role, but as a defensive coordinator, he has done an outstanding job for this cards team. I, I want to see how he's going to do against McVeigh's offense, especially with Stafford there. So that should, even without, um, you know, the, Say, say, Higby, it still should be a good battle. But I am going to go with the, the cards to win this one, uh, given um, what the, the Rams are, are now missing. Although it, what it has been a night of guys going on the, the COVID list, everybody seems to have a, a, almost at least one or two guys going on the COVID list today. Last Monday during our show, when we were reviewing last weekend's games, we, we felt that whilst the Rams won, they didn't really do anything in particular. And they didn't really have to because they were playing a poor Jags, which we've already discussed tonight. But it, they still didn't seem to be back to the to the kind of the offense in which we saw earlier in the season. And I know people said Odell Beckham caught a touchdown, but you know, the run game it wasn't wasn't great. There was a defensively they were fine, but it just didn't, it just something doesn't sit right with this team at the moment. They just don't seem to be the team which everybody expected to make a, a strong run towards the the Super Bowl and at least make the championship game uh, was this Cards team last week against the Bears coming off the bye week with Kyle Murray back. Um, I know they're sure again struggling against the struggling Bears team, but they certainly looked the team that we saw throughout the season. With Murray back and he looked 100 last week. You know he ran in two touchdowns. For me, I think they have too much too much firepower on offense, and I think um, I think the Rams will run them a lot closer than people may think. Even with despite those injuries, I could say it'd been a high scoring game. But in the end, I think the Cards will have too much. Nice one. Uh, Mark is going with the Cardinals as well. Uh, Mark okay. Hogan is at the game, so maybe he'll ring them luck if he, he was at the Bears game last week. I don't know how Evan is going to the other games, but uh, this is a really good game. Uh, hopefully, Mark, you enjoy it. Uh, I think this game is going to be tight. I know, Colin, we talked here about Jalen Ramsey. You've talked about different issues of COVID. Not just the NFL at the minute. The Premier League is done, boys, with COVID at the minute. We're sort of lucky the All-Ireland is not at the minute. Jesus, I mean, because Paul McFly's at the minute it's it's hard to predict but for me i think the rams are they're too hard to draw. i i can't see how van jefferson is going to go in tonight and score two or three touchdowns uh 
but if you look at Arizona, they're they're more their structure's better. You know, Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins there as well. I think personally, I, I would take Cardinals minus two and a half, minus three and a half. But in terms of the game itself tonight, I'm going to take the under. I think both offenses will cancel each other out. I think both defenses will cancel each other out to the point where Kyler Murray will run a bit. Uh, but that's not the main story tonight. And we all know on this call right now, that's not the main story. The big story tonight is Brian O'Leary needs Matthew Stafford to score three or four touchdowns or else he's out of the fantasy league for the year. And I don't know if he knows that live yet, but uh, hopefully Matthew Stafford uh, personally doesn't have a good game because I'm out if that's the case. So, uh, no, I don't think it's, it's going to matter anyway, even if he does throw three or four touchdowns because my opponent, who I can't recall his name, um, has... has Oh no, it's I, it's Emmett. It's actually our, our friends from Trust, um, our point of contact and Trust. He's who we're playing. He has um, Zachary, so I think and, uh, my season is one and done. That's that's pretty tough. But when you looked for your friends to sort you out and help you out, Colin decided to rest a majority of his players this weekend. Absolutely. I mean, like Brian, I I feel the same as you because we potentially both could have got in for the crack. Colin thought, do you know what? No, nah, be grand. I think be grand. you're in if you win. Me or win. I no no no. I I mean, if I win and you lose, uh, it's points. Yeah, I'm gone. I'm, I'm, gone. I'm, I'm glad that I get to decide the NFL's by schedule. That's fantastic. I still, despite <laughs> the fact that I had my three running backs, three running backs on uh, buys this week, I still got 140 points. Noel had a, a worldie and yeah, got yeah, 170. But I'm. Um, Next oh, season, um, happen, next season, I, I'm I'm um, employing a general manager from for the draft, and it's going to be Colin. I'm bringing him in for the draft. I'm going to pay him for the draft, and someone else will have to manage his team for that particular uh, draft. But uh, unless we I see am a, the commissioner a, of the league, and uh, yeah, unless we see I some kind of uh, Minneapolis miracle or um, like a complete downing of the tills on the Cardinal side, I think it's safe to say I won't be at the playoffs come next week. We said, do you remember a couple of years ago, and I regret it to this day, that Rams, that Chiefs game on Monday Night Football, we woke up the next morning and went, oh, Jesus, Mary and Joseph. So you never know what could happen here. Is Peyton, is Peyton and Eli on tonight, boys? Do you know? I don't know if the, the Manning cast is on. Mike, I, I had the real good fortune of being stateside and got to watch that game at a reasonable hour live, which was fantastic. Um, I also just see Tom Palacero has tweeted that 25 players have tested positive for COVID today. Um, Ray Sean Slater being amongst them, um, which will have a big impact on the Chargers potentially. With Eckler also potentially, yeah, that's a big, could be two big losses. Mm -hmm. And obviously the NFL won't cancel any games. They will make their their players play. Like for example, if they have no quarterbacks, they'll make the next best person play. And I'm sure that'll happen uh, for a team this year. Quarterback, quarterbacks, quarterbacks probably shouldn't have put the trackers in the corner of the room and denied it then. <laughs> Okay. Anyway, you know, anyway. I, that, in fairness, I criticized Derek Carr for a lack of leadership. There was an absolute lack of leadership in that Broncos QB room last year. And finally, I, I'm going to finish in the Broncos because it's a, it's, a, it's a point that affects the whole league. And it's funny as well. Apparently, Taylor Bridgewater wants 25 million next season. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I want to be on Dancing with the Stars. Well, here, going by the standard of celebrity on that show, you could be on it, but I tell you. Uh, we're back you're, Thursday you're, night. You're my agent, and he's my general manager. I'm sorry. And Mark looks after my salary, so everything's good. Good night, guys. GM.
Yeah, we've got the Thursday Night Football show on as well. We've got a special show on Friday, building up to the two games on the Saturday and Saturday night. And I don't know what time we're going out for Sunday yet. We'll discuss it off camera now. See you all. Enjoy Monday Night Football. And we're sorry in advance to every Cardinals fan around the world. Good night. Bye-bye. Good night.